guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If you follow the show closely or you follow me on social media, which by the way, if you don't, you really should, you may know that I recently got back from a trip to Texas where I was visiting Blaze headquarters and it was such a great trip. I had an amazing time. But at the same time, of course, being a homebody, it does feel really good to be back here, back in my own studio and just talking with you folks. But I did want to mention that we did a ton of filming while I was there. I was on the News and Why It Matters twice with the lovely, the intelligent, the charismatic Miss Sarah Gonzalez. I also had the privilege of being on the Chad Prather show and Chad was on my show as well. And in addition to that, I did speak with Allie Beth Stuckey, the host of Relatable too and again same thing she was on my show I was on her show you can find all of those videos at blazetv.com or on YouTube and all I'm saying is that if you're looking for new content to watch I think we got you covered but let's just hop into it by the way I didn't check the news a ton while I was gone but anytime I opened up social media it did seem like people were more angry with each other the past week or so and that's saying something I don't know let me know if that's just me or if that was the vibe you guys got too. But first off, cancel culture. According to Miss AOC, and it seems like quite a few other progressives as well, that, that just doesn't exist. That is a made-up thing. And what actually is happening is people simply trying to hold others accountable for their actions, which is very reasonable. Then several large cities, most notably New York City, seem to be experiencing a harsh uptick in violent crime. Could it possibly be? Perhaps because of the overwhelming anti-police sentiment and general disregard for the rule of law that we've been seeing? Let's find out together, but before we do, I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, NetSuite. America is finally ready to get back to work, but to win in the new economy, you need every advantage to succeed. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place. Whether you're doing hundreds or hundreds of thousands or even millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. You'll have the agility to compete with anyone work from anywhere and run your whole company right from your phone. So join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. And NetSuite has surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies that they're using as America reopens for business. So receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Lauren. Again, so they know that our show sent you. That's get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Lauren, netsuite.com slash Lauren. All right. So talking about cancel culture, a couple days ago or earlier this week, a lot of you probably already know there was a letter in Harper's Magazine called A Letter on Justice and Open Debate that was signed on by many prominent left-wing uh, activists, writers, celebrities, and it wasn't explicitly anti-cancel culture. It didn't mention cancel culture by name, but still, if you actually read the content of the letter, it's pretty clear that these people were saying, hang on, we have a problem here. We no longer have open debate, and it seems like people are getting punished for not walk walking the 
party line, so to speak, we have an excerpt of that letter here. It says, the free exchange of information and ideas, the lifeblood of a liberal society is daily becoming more constricted. While we have come to expect this on the radical right, censoriousness is also spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views, a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues in a blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of robust and even caustic counter-speech from all quarters, but it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. And a bunch of people sign on to this, but I think some of the most notable ones are Fareed Zakaria from CNN, J.K. Rowling, Matthew Iglesias, Gloria Steinem, second wave OG feminist, uh, Steven Pinker, Jonathan Haidt, Malcolm Gladwell, who's the, uh, the outliers guy, and Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Now, something that you'll notice reading this, and you, you even saw it right there in this excerpt, is that this is by no means a conservative or right-wing letter, right? They call out Donald Trump by name. They say that, oh, the right is taking advantage of cancel culture, or see, like, we're used to censorship on the right. These are not conservatives by any mean, which, I mean, I would never sign on to this letter because I don't agree with some of the stuff it says, but the, these are, I would say, classical liberals for the most part who are just speaking out against this very hostile environment that we've seen being cultivated in the public discourse. The ironic thing about this letter is that as soon as it was released, pe people started trying to cancel the signatories. Uh, one of the people who essentially got into trouble for signing this was actually Matthew Iglesias, uh, who I think writes for Vice or Vox. I'm ashamed to say I get those mixed up, but people were upset that he would dare sign something that J.K. Rowling had also signed. Way to push back against the narrative that cancel culture exists. But uh, this whole cancel culture thing, as we will see, is not just a pop culture thing. We, we see it affecting politics and economics as well. So recently... Uh, the CEO of Goya Foods was invited to the White House for some uh, Hispanic outreach initiative as one of the largest Hispanic-owned brands. And the CEO, whose name I cannot pronounce, and I'm, I'm not even going to try, he gave what I thought was a pretty standard, I'm here with the president kind of speech. We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. And that's what my grandfather did. He came to this country to build, to grow, to prosper. And so we have an incredible builder and we pray. We pray for our leadership, our president, and we pray for our country that we will continue to prosper and, and to grow. If you've ever been to any type of press conference, read a PR release or anything like that, you'll know that it is extremely common that anytime two businessmen or two politicians, or in this case, a businessman and a politician meet together, they say nice things about each other, right? Thank you for your work in the field of blank. Oh no, you're too kind. Thank you for your contributions to whatever. They're just being nice, they're being cordial, it doesn't really mean anything, right? It is very far from a full-throated political endorsement. This CEO was not saying that he will vote for Trump, he loves Trump, he agrees with everything Trump has done, no, no. That is not what happened, but you would not know that based on the reaction that left-wing Twitter had to this event. Now, I think 
the post, and I'm not sure about this, but I think the post that kicked all this controversy up is this one by Igor Volsky. It reads, the CEO of At Goya Foods, he made sure to tag them, is at a White House event saying, we're blessed to have a leader like Trump. Make your shopping decisions accordingly. At the time that I'm filming this, that has 53,000 likes. And you'll notice that he's not really saying boycott them, but at the same time, he kind of is, right? He's saying, look, this brand, this leader likes Trump. Uh, do you still want to buy them? And it's it's even more frustrating, this kind of like moral busybody attitude this guy clearly has when you read this next post that says, Trump just now, I will stand arm in arm with the Hispanic community to make sure every child can grow up in peace. He seriously said that. It's like, dude, my dude, you are actively trying to boycott a Hispanic-owned brand that I'm sure also employs thousands of Hispanic people, and you're going to judge Trump for not being kind enough to the Hispanic community at his Hispanic outreach event, really? The hypocrisy is, is blinding. Uh, we have more to talk about, much more of it equally disappointing, but first, I want to tell you all about Aslo. So in 2020, every business in the country is learning how to adapt day by day, but why aren't banks? Unnecessary fees or taking a trip to your bank is the last thing that business owners need to be thinking about. Aslo, thankfully, takes all the friction out of business banking instead of insisting you handle your banking as if the internet never existed. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, and no minimum balance and no fees. Unlike other banking options, there is no minimum deposit required and you'll never be charged with maintenance or overdraft fees and there is no ridiculous phone system that feels designed specifically to waste your time. Instead of the days or weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank where you're still required to go in person, you, as if it's the 90s, with Aslo, you can just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. There is no waiting to use your account with Aslo's free instant funding feature. You can deposit up to $1,000 and access your account instantly. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA member FDIC. Sign up right now with no minimum deposit at aslo.com slash lord and get a free copy of Aslo's small business starter guide. Again, that is spelled azlo.com slash Lauren and sign up with a free small business starter guide and no minimum deposit. All right. So with all of this happening, there was this big debate online about cancel culture. And what really bothers me, what, what really grinds my gears are the people who for, for some reason, as, as entire brands are being canceled, still insist that, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Cancel culture isn't real. I, I am referring, of course, to one Miss AOC. That's right, because uh, she also weighed in on the whole Goya Foods thing, tweeting out, oh, look, it's the sound of me Googling how to make your own adobo. She then continued to say, people who are actually, quote, canceled, don't get their thoughts published and amplified in major outlets. This has been a public service announcement. I think she is there referring to the Harper's letter. And of course, the CEO of Goya uh, did make an appearance on Fox News after this whole thing happened, where he, to his credit, 
refused to apologize because that's that's how you do this. She continued, the term cancel culture comes from entitlement, as though the person complaining has the right to a large captive audience and one is a victim if people choose to tune them out. Odds are you're not actually canceled, you're just being challenged, held accountable, or unliked. You, you just know something is amiss, something is wrong when people like AOC start talking about accountability, right? Because if you, if you know anything about AOC, you'll know that's usually not her favorite thing in the world. But uh, no, cancel culture is not the same thing as accountability. And even if it were, why would you need to be held accountable for something as basic as supporting the current president or even just saying something vaguely nice about the current president of the United States? That is a terrifying prospect. Why would you need to be held accountable for doing something as basic as affirming the existence of biological sex? That makes no sense. I mean, these people are literally advocating for thought crimes, right? You need to be held accountable for your opinions. Opinions which, by the way, aren't even fringe. And that's the thing. It's not like we're canceling someone because they are a literal white supremacist or a literal Nazi. No, people are being canceled for having mainstream views. And that is what's so terrifying. But even beyond that, the problem with cancel culture is that, I mean, first off, it's completely disproportionate, right? People make mistakes. That's normal. And, you know, when you do make a mistake, best thing you can do own up to it, apologize, try to improve yourself. Cancel culture does not allow for that. There is no such thing as, quote, a minor transgression in cancel culture. It's just something as simple as a couple of tweets from a decade ago doesn't matter. You're canceled. Uh, I think it was Count Dankula even said, and if you're not familiar with him, he's the guy who trained his pugs to do the Nazi salute to kind of troll his girlfriend. People were so mad at him, they essentially chased him out of any work he could possibly get. He said that he was actually unable to keep a job at a pawn shop that he'd managed to get because people convinced his boss to fire him. Like, that is how rabid these people are. There's nothing to do with accountability when you're willing to go that far to destroy someone's life. And... That's another thing progressives will say when people complain about cancel culture. There's no such thing as cancel culture. Name someone who's been canceled. Oh, no. Well, they they still are finding work. You know, they still have a house. Essentially, the only argument against cancel culture that these people have is that they are not willing to completely destroy people's lives. And which, by the way, is is not anything that is, is because of, of their goodness or anything like that. It's because there are people pushing back against them. If they had it their way, they absolutely would. So this is disappointing when it comes to that Goya Foods thing. I mean, I'm still going to be buying them anytime I need to. And actually, I wish things weren't political. I wish grocery shopping weren't political, but I do think we're at a point in our society where conservatives can't keep letting other conservatives get canceled or go under or be bullied into submission because we're too passive. All right, I would love to just be able to buy whatever and not give a crap, but you know what? When it comes to Goya Foods, I don't want a CEO getting in trouble simply for expressing views that I also have. So I'm, you know what? I, I will be taking that into consideration when I do my shopping. I hope the rest of you do the same, but Next up, let us talk about the blue flu and the crime uptick. All right, so you'll have probably noticed if you've not been living under a rock that anti-police sentiment is at a all-time high. ACAB, all cops are bastards. You see that everywhere on social media now. And there have been calls to defund police in pretty much every major city 
not just American cities, in Toronto, there have been protests asking for the dismantling or defunding of the police. And Canada, by and large, is a very safe country, very fortunate that way. But if one Canadian city does need the police, it's Toronto. Uh, even in Seattle, Minneapolis, NYC, there have actually been steps concrete steps taken to defund or lower the budget of whatever it is, take action against police forces. And it's not just talk on social media or in politics, on the streets. If you're on Twitter at all, you'll probably have seen some of the violent confrontations that have been happening between police and protesters. It's It's been really scary to watch. And frankly, if, if you're in that situation right now, I'm praying for you. I really am. I don't know how this is going to end. But would you believe... Would you believe that many of these cities where these anti-cop sentiments have been growing, they're maybe not so coincidentally also facing spikes in violent crime. We have this from the Associated Press. Still reeling from the coronavirus pandemic and street protests over the killing of George Floyd, exhausted cities around the nation are facing yet another challenge, a surge in shootings that has left dozens dead, including young children. The spike defies easy explanation, experts say. Really? I don't don't know. I feel like it's pretty easy to explain. I don't know what kind of experts you're consulting, but it says, pointing to the toxic mix of issues facing America in 2020, an unemployment rate not seen in a generation, a pandemic that has killed more than 130,000 people, stay-at-home orders, rising anger over police brutality, intense stress, even the weather. I mean, it's, it's a mystery. Could be any of those things. Definitely not the fact that we are encouraging breaking the law and just disrespecting police in general. No, that can't be it. This is the best part, though. I think it's just a perfect storm of distress in America, said Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms after a weekend of bloodshed in her city. Now, what is so funny about the Atlanta mayor specifically saying that is that I also have this article here. About 170 Atlanta police officers called out sick in the days after a pair of city cops were charged in the shooting death of Rayshard Brooks, according to police roll call worksheets. Huh. What a mystery. Well, what a mystery. It's almost as if you don't protect your police officers. You encourage violent rhetoric against them. You don't protect them legally while they're doing their job. And suddenly, it, it it's almost like they don't want to do their job. What, what a head-scratcher. And it, it's not just Atlanta that's been seeing issues. We actually have here in New York, shootings have soared 205% after NYPD disbanded its anti-crime unit. How is that dismantling of the police working out for you, New York City? And the thing with cops is they are not taking this lying down. And that's where the blue flu comes into play. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, we have this article here from The Independent that explains a number of officers told the New York Post that they had received private messages encouraging them to go on strike on Independence Day beginning at 3 p.m. in response to a perceived anti-cop climate. And it says, the Taylor Law makes public worker stoppages punishable with fines and jail time, often leading officers to use sick days or blue flu to stage protests by simultaneously using their sick leave. So what people are saying is happening is that police aren't happy with the way that they're being treated, the way that they're being portrayed in the media, the way that they're, you know, being yelled at or hit on the streets. So as a form of protest, at least some of them are calling in sick saying, you know what, you don't want me here. That's no problem. And we're going to see what the results of that have been in just a minute. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about Simply Safe. 
since we're talking about security, what is the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that is so complicated, you never use it because then what is the point? And that is exactly the type of security system that Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that Simple is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. You can order online with the click of a button open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Simply Safe was named the best overall home security of 2020 by US News and World Report. So head to simplysafe.com/lauren and get free shipping and a 60-day money back guarantee. Again, that's simplysafe.com/lauren to make sure they know that our show is sent you and as we are seeing right now at the moment, security cannot be overemphasized. All right. So we have more information here about the way that things are going in New York and honestly, it's scary. It says gun violence Exploded across the city after the NYPD disbanded its anti-crime unit of plainclothes cops on June 15th, with three times as many shootings in the last two weeks of the month over the same period in 2019 police stats show, and the shocking rise in gunfire to 116 incidents from 38 between June 15 and July 2nd, a 205% increase meant scores more victims were hurt or killed by the bullets over last year. Look, I am someone who very vocally came out after the death of George Floyd to say, hey, that's not okay. We need to have a conversation about how to more effectively police about things like police brutality. Absolutely better police training. Let's let's talk about this. But what has happened with this whole anti-cop movement, it's been totally warped into just a, a general advocacy of lawlessness. And it's it's actually damaging the communities specifically minority communities that people like BLM claim to be helping at first, right? Because I think it was another article I saw mentioned that almost all, if not all, of the shooting victims have been minorities. You can't say hashtag Black Lives Matter when you're, you're advocating measures that directly harm Black lives. And getting rid of the police, well, Honestly, it does that. And it's very terrifying. And I feel like people who live in safe neighborhoods and people who live in dangerous neighborhoods but have never seen how the other side live, they're under this impression that crime happens because of police, right? If you live in a crime-ridden neighborhood and you see cops everywhere, maybe you do think that, hey, cops are the problem. Cops are why all this crime is happening. If you're some white liberal elitist who lives in a nice gated community, you might think, hey, there's no crime here. There's no cop here. Maybe this is just not a real problem and it's something people are making up or the cops are causing the issues. We see now clearly that that is not the case. So let's stop with this craziness, right? No more talk of dismantling or abolishing the police. And let's let's get back to a conversation of what effective policing really means and how to hold bad cops when they do happen accountable for mistreating people. I think that's the right way to go. And I will say that, you know, as much as I rag on, quote, the left, this anti-cop movement, while it does come from the left, it is by no means representative of the left. And I don't say that to defend liberals. It's to point out how crazy these extremists are. This is a, it might be, it might seem like a very common position to have on social media that we need to dismantle police forces. But in the real world, 
people, even left-wing people know that it is crazy. Uh, it doesn't seem that the problem is going to be getting any better, though, because even in LAPD, now they're having an investigation, this article says, of allegations of blue flu as, I think it was, how many? 300 officers called in sick over the July 4th weekend. Cops aren't taking this down. Um, I think there's only so much you can punch and push around this group of people who are putting themselves in danger for your safety before they say, we've had enough. And a lot of people might be wondering, okay, but let's let's hear them out. If we do dismantle the police force, what's going to replace it? Well, uh, our homegirl AOC is actually back with some words of wisdom as to what a post-police state would look like. We can disagree about the details of it, but we can't go back. And um, this conversation, you know, figuring out that path forward, you... As much as we want policy to be, I'm going to propose it, I'm going to have all of the answers and put a neat little bow and we're going to pass this one law once and everything is going to be fixed. That's how we wish all of this stuff works. But what it really is going to take is experimentation and to ask what if and to even pass laws in the spirit of that experimentation as well. So she, she's saying she wants to pass laws to experiment in the spirit of that experimentation without being able to actually articulate what laws would need to be passed. Look, I, I get that sometimes you just, you disapprove of a system and you wanna get your disapproval out there even if you don't know all the odds and ends of what's gonna happen to fix it. And I think, you know, that's understandable, especially when we're looking at huge issues, things like climate change. It can be hard to know exactly where to start. Um, when it's something like abolishing the police though, you're not just protesting an issue, you're advocating for a policy right there. So you can't say, especially, oh my gosh, as a congresswoman, that you don't know what's going to be the next policy step if you're already starting with a really bad law, right? And I think it's just, it's so worrying the lack of thought that these people have put into what they're doing to societies because like, maybe it's fine for AOC, she's in her like nice swanky DC apartment or whatever, but the things she is advocating for have real life consequences for the people who are living in these cities and who now don't have any protection, especially since not only are these people anti-cop, but they're also anti-Second Amendment. Um, I don't foresee this getting better in the near future. It seems like all of these anti-cop protests are only getting more and more violent, more and more prominent. I am curious to see how cities like New York City or Seattle, or I think the other one is Minneapolis, who've taken steps to defund, dismantle, whatever it is their police forces will deal with crime in the future. But again, I am just, I'm sad for the people who are in this position now where it's like, all right, do we deal with crime ourselves or do we just move? That's heartbreaking, but that's the position these people are now in. As always, I would love to know what you folks think about this. Do you want to get rid of cops? Yay or nay, let me know. That's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.